All right, we are back. Um, we like to do obituaries in this program and note the passing of, of people whose whose passing should be noted. And uh, no one fits that bill more, I would say, than the late, great Mike Wallace, who passed away this week. Mike Wallace's story is, is so broad and hard to go into that, I, I frankly, I think I need some help. And fortunately, some help is available from our good friend Joe Barr from Capital Public Radio, where he is the news director and a former employee of CBS, so a man eminently qualified to look back at Mike Wallace with us. So I'd like to say welcome back to Radio Parallax, Joe Barr. I'm glad to be here. Joe, when you were at CBS, was there any kind of a shadow? I mean, I'm sure you must have cast a shadow over the entire network, and, and that's just my surmise. Would that, would that be, is that a fair statement? Well, uh, and just to preface the conversation, I was only there for a very, very brief amount of time before I jumped ship and um, got back into public radio. I came to my senses. <laughs> so I had a very short tenure there. Uh, but uh, it, it certainly is safe to say that you can kind of feel the history to a certain extent. You can also see it in that one thing I remember very clearly is the news, uh, radio news section at Black Rock in New York City, which is what they call CBS News Building. The radio area is in the basement, essentially, but that was also where Walter Cronkite had his newsroom area and his desk that a lot of people probably remember, that backdrop with the map behind him, and part of that is still there. It's surrounded by a lot of, a lot of other things, and it's been built up in that part of the building but they, they kept the, the wall and just that area where he did his newscast. So there, there's a sense of legacy in the building, and, of course, Mike Wallace was a part of that. And, of course, we, we can't resist referring our listeners to our archives with our previous interview with you, Joe, and the passing of Walter Cronkite, where you talked about some of that in greater detail. But uh, when I think of Mike Wallace, I'm, I'm, you know, in my 50s, and I can go back and remember him doing commercials. He apparently earned a lot of money doing Parliament commercials in the 60s. He was, uh, he was doing radio and being a, uh, gaining reputation for being a hard-hitting interviewer in the 50s, but he was all over the place. He was like a contestant on uh, To Tell the Truth. When they did a pilot for that game show, he served as the, uh, as the host. I mean, he just pops up everywhere in the media. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting in that I think a lot of people, and especially younger journalists who maybe don't know about Mike Wallace's career trajectory, they think of him as this unimpeachable journalist who just comes from uh, an amazing stock. And uh, actually, you know, the guy was an entertainer. I mean, you can say that. That's how he started out. As you said, he was a game show host. He pitched cigarettes. Initially, it didn't look like he was going to be a serious journalist. And I guess it really just goes to, to show you that you can reinvent yourself. And I think we see that today even with uh, this crossover of people going from one type of career to another. Like George Stephanopoulos, for instance, is a guy who didn't, didn't really come from a journalism background, and yet he's now established himself as a journalist at ABC, but he had a political background, something very different from journalism. And so Mike Wallace reinvented himself. And, and I gather that back in 68, when Don Hewitt was putting together, what, 60 Minutes, he was paired up with Harry Reasoner because Harry Reasoner was a very sort of a moderate figure, and they, they expected Wallace to be that, the bit of the, uh, the renegade, the tough interviewer, and, and I guess by all accounts, it was his take on how to do an, an interview that, that wound up defining 60 Minutes. 
It did. I mean, when you think about 60 Minutes, who do you think of? It's Mike Wallace. He's yeah. the guy that, that first comes to mind, even today. Harry Reasoner, uh, kind of, but it's, it was really all about Mike Wallace, and he was quite the opposite personality from Harry Reasoner, very brash, and, and then he went on to create this form of journalism, this very straightforward, uh, brash um, interview techniques and and then of course the the hidden camera and ambush journalism that 60 minutes did for a while and that mike wallace did which he later disavowed actually yeah i was surprised to see that that uh, i sort of think of, of, of 60 minutes as doing that but i guess that was only in the early days they passed it up and of course everybody else was happy to uh, follow that style yeah he that was i think you could say one one legacy and uh, maybe not the most positive one is that uh, a lot of other people have picked that up, the ambush journalism, and they've taken it in uh, directions that maybe weren't as well-intentioned as what Mr. Wallace had in mind originally. But I did, I, I actually didn't realize until I had read an article, an interview with him a couple years ago that he, that they specifically decided not to do those kinds of segments anymore on 60 Minutes because Mike Wallace said they, he and Don Hewitt decided that they really, there was no substance to them, and so there was no point in doing it. As a news director uh, yourself, I want to I run past um, the opening uh, paragraph from the obituary in the L.A. Times by Meg James, just for your reaction. She opened up by saying the death marks not only the passing of a broadcast lion, but in many ways also the brand of journalism that he helped to define. What's your reaction to that? I guess that's true. I, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's so easy to, to say those types of things, and, and I, I don't really know exactly what that means because he defined different types of journalism, and some of them, as he's admitted, were not so good. I still think that there's really good journalism going on out there now. It's a different type of journalism. It's online a lot more, um, and different types of people are doing it, but I don't know if it's really the death of anything except for one person who is kind of an icon. Well, I certainly hope you're right, because his style was one I hope that people will not abandon, in, in, although I don't think anyone's quite ever going to be... Well, you think anyone will have a reputation for being quite the tough interviewer that he had? Coors one time took an ad out saying that Mike Wallace is here, uh, showing that uh, you know that they'd passed through the, the ring of fire, I guess, having, having uh, survived an interview with Mike Wallace. Well, you know, I think it, what it may be the death of and what's what has been dying is the idea of um, corporate journalism. You know, CBS, ABC, NBC, the New York Times, all these big companies that had vast resources to send their reporters anywhere in the world to let them spend months on a story. It's, I think that we're seeing the, the death is really in, in the, the, the resources behind this kind of journalism. We're seeing a lot less of that with the decline of major media companies. And Mike Wallace was part of the heyday, I think, of television journalism when they were making money hand over fist. At the same time, when, when Mike Wallace was getting started, news wasn't considered a profit center. And now news is entertainment and it has to make money. And I think that's what's really changed. Well, as, as the media is trying to in, in reinvent itself with, with new technologies, the web and everything, um, I guess that, that's, a, that's a battle that's being fought on a lot of different fronts. But I guess one thing that strikes me um, 
in that very same vein is how you can start one with one thing and wind up somewhere else in that uh, back in the 60s, I guess David Wolper produced a TV show biography, which I remember very well. Mike Wallace was the voice of that show and really added some, I think, gravitas to the show. They revived biography in the 80s, and it, with a little bit different emphasis, more popular cultural figures, but this became such an institution that the whole network, biography network, spun off from that, which shows how one thing can lead in different strange directions. I think that's, um, that's the nature of the beast, and those kinds of things are going on now. I, just as far as journalism in general, I was pretty down on it a few years ago with about its future and uh, but lately, I'm I'm just there's so much creativity going on, and there's a a, uh, a desire from uh, the public for great journalism. Uh, if there wasn't, I'd be really frightened. But people do want it, and then it's really just a matter of finding ways to create it, and we're we're finding opportunities and new ways to do it. You know, Mike Wallace came from an era where it was things were pretty limited in a lot of ways. You only had so many news sources. And there were only there was a certain type of person who did news. It was usually a white male. Mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. So I think there are a lot of good things that are happening. I, I can't resist also bouncing one line off you, which is sort of the irony of uh, of Wallace doing cigarette commercials. He became uh, prominent again in the issue of the Insider, the, uh, the the feature film based on the sixty minutes. Um, one of one of my favorite films, by the way. Yeah, yeah, a great, great movie. Christopher Plummer plays uh, Mike Wallace. I forget how it goes, but it, there's a crack about he he wants to keep his job and doesn't wind up wandering in the wilderness of NPRs, <laughs> something to that effect. <laughs> well, it's interesting though because um, many uh, journalists of that era have come to NPR to varying degrees, Daniel Shore. Um, Good God, Ted yes. Topple. Yes. So, you know, at one point, NPR was seen as kind of low rent because it was an upstart and uh, didn't have a lot of resources. But, boy, that's really changed. To toot your own horn, which you're certainly entitled to, I think uh, uh, NPR's Morning Edition is, is, is holding up very well across uh, the nation and certainly here in Sacramento in terms of most listened to. Yeah, it's record listenership nationwide. Our ratings have never been higher. We're um, towards the the top of the ratings in the morning, and um, so we're 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 gaining new listeners all the time, which is great. Well, Joe, I appreciate your talking with us about uh, about uh, uh, Mike Wallace. Is there anything you'd like to add, just in the whole, just about him or about what he did? Well, again, when I think of 60 Minutes, I think of Mike Wallace. I grew up watching him. I'm really, it was very sad to hear of his passing, He, but he lived a long, great life. And honestly, I think there's something in the water at CBS because you think Mike Wallace was um, 93. Right. Andy Rooney was, you know, he, he worked pretty much up until the day he died. Walter Cronkite was, was going um, almost till the very end. These guys lived long lives amazing lives, uh, ones that probably will can never be recreated by anybody else, just the times they lived through and what they did and, and the adventures they had. And so they, they certainly exemplify an extraordinary period in the history of journalism. It's just been interesting to be reminded of how great Mike Wallace was, how interesting he was, and how flawed he was. That's yeah. the the other thing to remember is that none of these guys were were perfect, 
Mike Wallace wasn't perfect, and he has admitted that, and that's what makes him all the more interesting and compelling. Before we close, I just want to, a, a couple of astonishing things. He, he was interviewed by his colleague, Morley Safer, I guess, and admitted that, uh, that he, I guess, attempted suicide at one point. Yeah, and that was, he was very open about his battles with depression, and he was married quite a few times, but his, his fourth wife kind of saved him at one point. He was uh, on the verge of committing suicide, and he apparently he had a, a little um, club. There were a couple other notables, the novelist William Styron and uh, Art Buckwald. They, they also suffered from depression. Apparently, these three guys would hang out, and they were kind of bonded by their battle with depression. So I always thought that was kind of an interesting image of imagining the three of them hanging out. Well, I guess the thing I would close with, Joe, is the fact that um, that he passed away this week at age 93, uh, being a legendary journalist in spite of his varied background. But you can go back to 1957, that classic Elia Kazan movie, A Face in the Crowd, which is just, you know, a stunning uh, indictment, I think, of TV as it was then. Mike Wallace plays himself in that. That's how far back he goes. You know, I've never seen that movie. I've heard about it, and I I didn't realize that. And, of course, um, that was a foreshadowing of things to come in terms of uh, news celebrities. He played himself in a movie, and we've seen a lot of other journalists do that in, in years hence. Joe Barr, thanks so much for speaking with us. I don't think we're going to see the likes of uh, Mike Wallace again anytime soon. We will not. Very good. Thank you. And that about does it for today's program. Our thanks to Dr. Ivan Schwab from UC Davis's Department of Ophthalmology and Joe Barr, the news director at Capital Public Radio. This program was produced by Edward McMillan. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm your host, Douglas Everett. We hope in the weeks to come to bring you a collaborative interview with Chris Thielen of American Atheist with Michael Krasny, the host of KQED's forum about his new book, Spiritual Envy, an Agnostic's Quest. We also hope to speak with someone representing STOP, Sacramento Taxpayers Opposed to Pork, about this ongoing arena toothache. And who knows, we may try and bring Leonard Padilla back. Mr. Padilla is running for mayor against Kevin Johnson and says he will stop this arena monkey business when he gets the chance. I don't know what the odds are he's going to get the chance, but Leonard Padilla is pretty much guaranteed to be a colorful interview, so stay tuned.